The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap for this week's Wells Fargo Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Mark Immelman is here. Hello, Mark. How's it, Rick? How are we doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. Thank you very much. Um, still got a pack for my trip to Wells Fargo tomorrow morning, uh, but I had a good day. <laughs> Did some podcasting, watched a little golf this afternoon. That was fun. So relaxing day was good. I think we had a better day than some of the guys on the golf course did because Quail Hollows got some teeth. The infamous Green Mile, uh, 16, 17, 18, featured two of the three hardest holes on Thursday. But it's worth noting, Mark, that if you have to start on the back nine, so you have to play then in order 16, which is the third hardest hole, eight, you know, 18 during this stretch, which is the hardest hole. Number one's the second hardest hole. And then two, three, four, they're all going to beat you up. So you don't even, you don't even get to split them up. If you have, if you start on 10. Yeah, it's the truth. I mean, look, that golf course is really defined by its mean par fours and, and the difficult par threes. And, and that's what made the setup when we went there for the president's cup uh, last year. So cool because they rerouted the place at 10, the par five was 16, uh, 11 was 17 and then nine was 18. So you got like, you got bashed early, one, two, three, and then there was a slight respite. And then you got whacked there when you turned through uh, the Green Mile, which was, I think it was like, oh, I can't even remember the numbers. But, uh, but it, was, it was 13, 14, 15 yeah, or something like something that. Like that yeah. yeah. And, and so, so, so the way it flowed was great. And in, in the President's Cup, it was nice to have those holes shown and have them. They always had a say-so in the, in the match play results and, and like you're going to see this year too, um, to your point, if you're playing that stretch, that's that nine first and then turning to one, it's hard. But uh, they're going to have a say-so in the tournament again. I, I guarantee you that someone's going to do something special on the Green Mile um, Sunday afternoon and someone's going to do something not so special and it's going to influence the result. <laughs> Uh, we saw both types of those performances uh, late on Thursday. We'll get to them in just a second. But let's start with the early wave out of the gate. Kevin Streelman. I think I think you can classify Kevin Streelman as a, a true journeyman on the PGA Tour. Five under 66. Mark, I'm looking through his results. He has one top 20 this year. It came in Las Vegas at the Shriners. It was exactly a T. 20 so it has not been a glowing year for Streelman but he can turn that around in a hurry with a great finish this week 
Well, he has had three top tens uh, at Quail Hollow, um, and he went to school at Duke University, so he's familiar with North Carolina golf, which is kind of tree-lined, Bermuda grass, um, very undulating. So there, there's an element of comfort around there, and and from what I'm led to believe, um, I feel like he may have learned the game from from one or other, not Scott Davenport, the head professional, but certainly someone at, at uh, Quail Hollow. So there's a thread there that you can sort of draw back to just spending a lot of time around the area, being comfortable in North Carolina. And as we've always said on the show, comfort level allows one to swing free. And when you swing free, then you can make a few birdies if you make a few putts. Uh, because when you're not playing well, like you reference coming in here, then you're trying and you're working hard and you're almost helping yourself sometimes. You're trying to dig out of the hole so hard that you dig too much kind of thing. And, and to go back to a place where you've had success, where you feel comfortable, you kind of get there and it it feels good, right? And you see lines off the tee that fit your eye and, and you had one or two good ones. And then with these guys, they're so talented. Oftentimes it's just one good putt or one good shot or one good feeling away from finding something. And Streelman, throughout his career, has proved he plays tough golf course as well. He's played very well at Innisbrook. There's one down there. PGA Championship um, a couple of years ago um, at Kiowa, he was in the second to last group, third to last group, I think it was. So so he can go the difficult place as well because he's accurate. He's a good ball striker. So whereas it's surprising to see him there in a funny sort of a way when I saw it, I was like, yeah, Streels, he can hit it. I'm not, not surprised he's up there. Yeah, he struck it well on Thursday. There's still a couple guys out on the golf course, but top 20 in strokes gained approach for the round. And then uh, around the green, he was great. Putter rolled that beautifully as well. Six under, or excuse me, five under 66 for Kevin Streelman. Same score for K.H. Lee, Mark. I, I uh, We've seen him pop, right, at, at times on the schedule. But I go back to guys who we talked about earlier in the week who got to play uh, Quail Hollow as part of the President's Cup. And we talked a lot about, you know, the Tom Kims and, and Jordan Spieth and all these other guys. And I don't I don't think there was much talk about KH Lee, who had himself a, a decent President's Cup for the international squad. He did. He was one of those guys in that team. If you had to say who were the stars, you'd you'd hear Tom Kim and you'd hear uh, Siwoo and you'd probably hear Adam Scott, Cam Davis to a certain extent. Um, but but uh, KH Lee had a wonderful President's Cup and he was a real strong man. And, um, you know, when you have an event like that and you have some success at a place, it breeds more success. And you know me, I'm kind of maybe not the statistics guy that you are, but I watch trends and I watch not just physical trends, but emotional trends too. And I'll never forget way back, I spent some time with like a nutritionist and someone else that figured out biorhythms. And he said, human beings have mental biorhythms and you have uh, emotional biorhythms. And he said, golfers, especially because there's more time between shots, if your mental biorhythms are low, but your emotional biorhythms are high, you, you can still do well. Now, obviously, if they're both high, then you're going to be good. If they're both low, then you aren't. And then he charted this and he showed me charts throughout the year. Everyone's biorhythms work the same way. Mm. Now, this dude, he's won the AT&T Byron Nelson twice this time of the year. And I wouldn't be surprised if he plays well there again. Now, granted, the course fits, but there's a little something about this time of the year that he seems to play well. He's coming off a decent outing, I recall, at the Masters. Um, I don't think he's played He's played sparingly since then, but it's just this time of the year, KH tends to play well, and you come back to a place where, man, the President's Cup was awesome, and it was emotional for all of them. And so coming back here, he must have felt like a million bucks. 
play some practice rounds with Siwoo and Tom, and you're reliving all this stuff, and all of a sudden, no matter how badly you hit it, you're feeling like you're on top of the world, you know? KH Lee leading the world in strokes gained mid-May, Mark. That's <laughs> that's what we're looking at, I think, at this point. Yeah, that's uh, that's not a bad call. Keep an, keep an eye on uh, KH moving forward here. Uh, five under 66. Stop me if you've heard it before. We've got another one from Taylor Moore, who, let's not forget, uh, grabbed his first victory on the PGA Tour just a handful of starts ago at the Valspar, the last elevated event that we had, a T11 at the RBC Heritage. He already had three top 15 finishes prior uh, to, to that win earlier this year. Mark Taylor Moore is feeling it and he is, he is finding something in his game right now. Yeah. Um, look, I spent some time getting to know him and watching him play um, at the heritage, the RBC heritage a few weeks ago. And uh, I, I know he's coached Josh Gregory very well. And Josh is very forthright with sharing information on what these guys are working on. So I said to him, because I was watching Taylor hit, and I'm like, you know, I like this. He's well-organized, strikes it well. He, he looks like he fights a hook shot, but he's managing that now. And um, so I'm like, what do you guys work on? And he goes, well, you're right about the hook shot. We're just trying to work, you know, more connection into his swing so he can turn through the ball and not lose the thing to the left. And I can see him doing that now. But then he's like, we just logged hours on the greens. And he said the tip that he's using for his golf swing, which is to keep his left arm against his chest, He's essentially doing the same thing, pitching and putting. So he goes, he just tries to lock that left arm and go back and forth and keep his head still. Simple as that. And he started to make more putts. And then he said something that was really curious to me. And it was kind of the lead in to the success at the Valspar. Because at the Players' Championship, this guy was up there. I don't know if you recall, right? Yeah. And he's in contention. And he flushed it in, in whatever round it was to get up there. And the next round, it's it's kind of payday almost. It might have been late Saturday or whatever. And he didn't play very well. But there was one situation where they were in the middle of the fairway. The breeze was variable. And he and his caddy were there back and forth between clubs. And just chatter, chatter, chatter. And Josh said to me, he goes, Taylor Moore looks, pulls a club and goes. Hmm. And he called him out afterwards. And he goes, listen, guys, too much talking. Hmm. He said to the, he goes to the caddy, he goes, Listen, you give him the number. If he's undecided, you talk him one way or the other, but let him go. And so it became their mantra was less talking. And then they did this and he won at Valspar. Remember how well he played coming down the stretch? It, it was great. See, club, pick it, go. And when he was contending again at RBC, when he left the range and he walked past Josh and, Josh and me, Josh looks at the caddy and goes, less talking. And he goes, you got it. And he's playing with this freedom now where he's got the self-confidence. He's won. They, they pick shots, they go. There's no waiting around. Um, he, he's, he's impressive to me. And, and the more I watch him play, the more I become a believer. Yeah, he is. I mean, he is fit. His game is strong. I, I'm mm. I'm very impressed with with what he's been putting together and another strong one here on Thursday. A couple of notables, Mark, before we move on to that afternoon wave. Rory McIlroy got out early this morning and had himself a full day. I mean, it was uh, a little bit of struggles early in his round where he had to get up and down from, from green side. He hit a couple of questionable bunker shots. He nearly uh, knocked both him and Matt Fitzpatrick's ball into the hole on a par three. On I mean, this was a full day for the birthday boy. When the dust settled, it was a three under 68, but it was a hard work in three under 68. Yeah, there's something, you know, guys like yourself and 
our friend Kyle, you know, you guys work very hard to find extra information. And the one thing I did find on Twitter, believe it or not, was that he turns 34 today, believe it or not, make me yeah. feel old. And he shot loops of 34 and 34. So like, what are the chances? Okay. So that's an aside. Um, some folks will like that, the numerology of it. And he's big into that stuff. He's lucky number is two. So his number on the golf ball is 22. I think I've told you that before. Yeah. I mean, anyhow, but um, I watched a Rory play this morning who looked like there was freedom about him. He looked like he was okay with bad shots. He looked like there was the freewheeling sort of a way of playing golf that he used to. And I feel like the going back to the putter he had had so much success with, that mallet-style spider, I think it is, or whatever it was, uh, I think was not a stroke of genius because I'm not sure why he moved away from it, but it was good to go back and get that sense of I'm back because I thought he made some nice putts. The putts he didn't make were hit well. It looked like he was freewheeling with a driver, which is when he's always his best. And the iron game was sound. It, it looked to me like, once again, it was Rory because 68, whereas it was scrappy early, which you can understand. It's cold out. You're not feeling as flush as you should. You know, it, it feels kind of funky. You haven't played in a while. So I can forgive the little, you know, the little hiccups early. But when he started to find his full flight, he, he looked good to me again today. And it was it was good to see. Yeah, I'll tell you what you're talking about. Talking about the freedom, uh, the shot. I'm trying to look. What it was? It was 15, the par five, where he. Is that where he left it in the bunker? Uh, no. What on his first night? On, on his first night. Yeah, that's earlier in his rounds. Where? Okay, so he he leaves one in the in the bunker and steps. I, I the freedom that that I was thinking about you talking about is he stepped right up, didn't didn't really dwell hmm. on it, stepped right back up and and knocked it to knocked it stiff to six inches or whatever it was and there was no capitulating there was nothing it was just i got this i got the right club in hand i'm gonna walk back up there and i'm gonna do this again i'm gonna do it right that is the key because you know everyone's gonna hit bad shots even ram even McElroy, even these stars um it's not the bad shot that's gonna kill you it's how you respond to the bad shot and a guy that just gets up there gets he sort of resets and goes that is a guy who's confident and knows he can do it and believes he can do it the guy who gets up there, then you see extra practice swings, then they're questioning and back and forth and thought. That's the guy who's a little unsure. And the key to all of this is as much surety as you can garner in a very unsure situation, which is golf. And that's where I said, look, he looked free. But I think a lot of that freedom was born from the fact that he was okay with some of the misses. Because, look, when you're playing golf and you're not sure why the miss shot's happening, it's kind of like shooting in the dark, Okay. But if you know where it's coming from, if you know where the origin of the bad shot is, then you've had a bad one. You're like, I'm cool. I, I know what the recovery or I know what the reaction to that should be physically or mentally. And, and he looks like he's there. And yes, it was 15 second shot yeah. into the green side bunker, left it in there, uh, ends up making par, escaping with par. The same, same bunker indeed that Tom Kim left it in. Yes. There's something about the sand there. You know, they flash those bunkers there at Quail Hollow where they sort of they, they wet the side so the ball always rolls down to the middle. Uh -huh. And because there's that little element of moisture to the sand, if it gets raked up kind of rough, then you can get some funky lies in there. Um, and in the same bunker, Tom Kim had the same thing. But it's a really simple bunker shot, so I'm sure, you know, that's, that sort of stuff happens. Yeah, I did see a lot of guys um, taking an extra second and assessing that lie in the bunkers more than you would normally see, you know, squatting down a little bit, bending down, making sure I understand the way it's going to come out. You're, you, you noticed that a bit more this week. 
Yeah, and and when the sands are touch on the moist side, you know the rake grooves leave wider grooves, and the sand kicks up more. So you can see the ball sometimes nestle down into one of those grooves. So it's it's not a plug lie, but it's not going to be as clean as what these guys are used to hitting. And then when it's this, there's extra sand in there, it's always a guess as to how the thing's going to come out. Then they try and get cute, and they hit the thing just enough, and then it's not enough kind of deal, as opposed to just saying, well, I'm going to give myself five, six, ten feet beyond the flag and see what happens. Uh, if you have the ability to get cute, Mark, with your game, you usually try to. That, I, that's why I never have that issue, because I, <laughs> I, I, I know I don't have it in my in my arsenal. Uh, Rory McIlroy, 368, one better for Patrick Cantlay. That is four under 67. As of this moment, it's two shots off the lead. We'll get to the leader here in a few minutes. But Patrick Cantlay is at it again, Mark. He's having a, a phenomenal 2023. He's doing everything but winning. And his first, uh, I don't want to say it's his first loop with Joe LaCava on the bag. They've partnered up before, but now maybe more in a in a permanent uh, type of scenario. These two were certainly had few problems around Quail Hollow. I would argue, and I know that's a, it's a tough argument to make given how John Rahm has been playing, um, that Patrick could be one of the best players in the world. I know he's ranked real high, but but just he is... He does not have a weakness right now. He drives it long. He's fairly accurate. His iron game is marvelous. Um, the, the the touch on the greens is good. Uh, perhaps he doesn't fill, fill it up as much as many, but he never really puts a whole lot of stress on his short game. And around the greens, he's functional. And I, I could see not an urgency, but I saw more decisiveness about the way he went about it today. He never rushed because Patrick Cantlay, he's fine with who he is. He doesn't give a continental stuff what people are saying about him and his pace of play. Right. But I did see someone more decisive today and it proved fruitful. And on a golf course like this, with a game like he's got, I mean, this guy looks legit and, and he is no doubt in my mind, a major champion in waiting. And maybe Joe LaCava is the key, but I will say this, and I've made the argument with uh, Jimmy Johnson and Justin Thomas, you know, everyone's like, well, Bones showed up. So Justin's going to win a major. Jimmy was great. Matt Minister for uh, Patrick Cantley was sensational. But sometimes you just need something said a slightly different way. And that might be what Joe brings. And maybe uh, because Joe's been on major championship bags like Fred Couples and Tiger and company, Patrick looks at this guy and goes, okay, he's been there. He knows what it feels like on Sunday afternoon late. So when he says something, I'm inclined to believe him because he's experienced it. Whereas he and Matt had won big events but never won a major championship. And I don't care who you are, man. Coming down those holes and you're inside the ropes and you're a caddy and you're a player, it's real. And you, your heart's beating and you know you're alive. So if you've got someone who's alongside you who's been there, it brings a sense of comfort. And that's perhaps too what I might have seen out of Cantlay today where it was a little more decisive and he certainly was was not playing aggressively, but he was playing assuredly and, and it, was, it was nice to watch. So far, so good for these two. They finished with a flurry. Eagle on seven, birdie on eight, par on nine. They finished on the front nine, so three under in their final three for those guys. Okay, we've got the afternoon wave coming up, and we'll take a look at the current odds board. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. We capped the morning wave with Patrick Cantlay, and we'll now go to his partner in crime to kick off the PM wave. That's Xander Shoffley. And for 15 holes, Mark, the X-Man could not miss a shot. He got this thing to seven under through 15, highlighted by an eagle on 10, but a little little stumble around the green mile with bogeys on 16 and 18. Still a very good five under 66 here on Thursday. Yeah, he's playing with so much self-belief right now. And to watch him put that round together through 15 holes was spectacular. But you know, you there's a chance you're going to spill one coming in. And the truth of it is, I thought the tee shot he hit down 16 was majestic. And it just clips the bunker and stays in there. And then from there, you're kind of playing defense a little bit. And then 18, that fairway looks like a ribbon down there. And you're going to make the odd bogey. And where is Selsting, that two over in the last three finish? If you had said to him 66, he'd go, sure, uh, let's go. And he's going to play that that uh, second nine as his front nine tomorrow on fresh greens. He's playing beautifully. I mean, he's striking it fantastically well. The pace in the greens to me looked sublime. And um, so I feel like he just gets right back in the saddle tomorrow morning. And in who knows, maybe calmer conditions. It is cold, so the ball won't travel. So the course will play longer. Um, who knows? He, 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 this guy may build a pretty handsome lead tomorrow morning if he keeps playing the way he is right now. He found that creek on the left-hand side of 18, Mark, which in reality, uh, it's a tiny tiny little creek it shouldn't be that much of an issue yet the way the terrain is sloped around it it, it, it's almost like a magnet and the way that it runs up the entirety of the left-hand side of the hole not only is it in play off the drive but it's in play on your second shot we saw a lot of guys and one we'll talk about in a second who who wasted some balls in there (laughs) yeah to me it's to me it's more in play on the approach shots but the thing about standing down in the fair and the greens are good seven eight yards above you you don't really see the water when you're playing up to the green. But when you're up on the tee and you're looking down, you see the thing over there. Now, the truth of it is I have, I could almost step over that stream. In yeah. certain areas. Or, yeah. you know, even me at 52, I could jump over the thing. And the rough on the left side of it is normally quite thick. And if you hit the ball there, it's not too often that you'll see a ball run down. But from the fairway, just the way the fairway cuts in, and I don't have my yardage book here, but right sort of at the 285-yard range, the fairway pinches in just a whisker because the stream doesn't make a straight line. It sort of turns inward a little bit, so it makes the fairway look so narrow. But when you get down there, you're like, this thing's so freaking wide. And so it's more, it's a visual obstacle off the tee. It's not in your sight line on the approach shot. But that's, to me, where you see more guys. You just, from that uphill line, the fairway, you want to hang back and you just tweak the club face some and the ball gets on those firm greens. You'll see a whole lot of balls there 
uh, in the water for the second. But look, it's just a t- it's a tough hole all the way around. You, you can't unless the golf course starts playing very firm. You can't really gear down off the tee because you'll leave yourself a long club into that green. So you got to drive the thing. You just got to sack up and deliver. And uh, once in a while, you'll, you'll hit it in there. And he came out in the end with a very solid bogey. Yeah, it was a solid bogey indeed. And while Xander was uh, spilling those shots at the Green Mile, it was Tommy Ladd who was making them up. Mark Tommy, just as a reminder, still looking for that first PGA Tour victory. Uh, Eagles, seven. Birdies, eight. Gets another circle on the card on 14. And then he does what I don't think anybody... this might be the only time it happens all week. He birdies 17 and 18 to put a cap on a blemish-free 65. Tommy Ladd had it going today. Man, the last time I watched him play was two weeks ago. and He wasn't playing. He was on the range, and he was hitting. And I was standing there watching him. And so, you know, he's working with Butch Harmon. So I said to him, all right, spill it. What are you, Butch, working on? And he goes, just rhythm, man. And I was, I was like, come on, really? And he smiled. And he goes, no, really just working on timing and pace and sort of fundamental stuff. And he's hitting the ball. And I look at Ian Finnis, his caddy, who's like six foot five. He's a massive human being. And I sort of shake my head and smile. And Fino looks at me and he goes, it's good. It's as good as I've ever seen it, the way he's hitting the thing. Very tight pattern, slight right to left. He's added what he calls a mini driver to the bag. So he's got a driver. He's got this like beefed up or weakened two wood. It's a three wood shaft on like a on like a fourteen degree head, or two wood shaft. I don't know. Anyway, so it's a little bit more loft than a driver. He hits this thing like two seventy five on a string. He can hit it off the ground as well, and he just seems to have all of it going on right now. Um, I think if Tommy's going to win, Tommy just has got to get past Tommy, because the physical gifts are there. The guy I saw hitting the golf ball. Uh, if if I'd taken any any of you strokes gain guys and you didn't know who he was and I just said, watch this cat hit, you'd all say he's one of the best strikers in the game. The, that's the way he was hitting it when I was with him last. Well, statistically, he did that as well. Showed, showed in the stats as well. 12th in strokes gained approach on Thursday. No, I'm saying the best, not 12th. I'm saying the best. Okay, well, the 11 were statistically better, but we would have said with our eyeballs, he was, he was <laughs> yeah. uh, the absolute best. Um, let's cap this with another president's cup connection here with tom kim and mark it was a 67 on thursday not a single birdie uh, excuse me not a single bogey on the card i think there were questions coming into this event uh whether tom kim would have the distance around a big ballpark like quail hollow he's got joe scovern with plenty of experience on the bag and tom kim's got himself within the top 10 after one round okay I'm so glad you brought this up. I really am. And if I don't know about the archives, but I actually want to go, I want producer Josh to go back in the archives and find the show where I was disagreeing vehemently with Kyle Porter, who was making his whacked out case that this kid wasn't long enough because strokes gain said or whatever statistics. I'm like, Kyle, this dude is long enough and he's functionally long. And when you get him on the right conditions, he can move it out there. Did you see the tee shot hit down 15? I did. Yeah. Yeah. He popped it past Xander, who is not short. And and, and Tom Kim, look, Tom Kim, I've said it to you guys. He's real. 
He puts it awesome. He's accurate as a rip. And he's long enough. Don't come and tell me he's not long. He's plenty long. And he can play big golf courses. The Masters, look, he was a couple under par at one stage. He, he sort of backed up a little bit, I think. Um, but this is a game for all seasons. And he's got a lot of confidence and he believes in himself. And that's a really sound start. And one of his other two PGA Tour wins came in the state of North Carolina. Similar sorts of conditions. The greens are a little different. But Sedgefield is undulating. It's shorter. Um, but again, like North Carolina golf, undulating, you know, playing up, playing down, um, ball moves a lot on the greens and he dusted the field over there. So I, I, I'd, I'd play, I'd, I'd wager a penny or two that he'll be around Sunday afternoon. That driver he hit on 15 was 178 miles an hour of ball speed. I will also note that he was 25th in driving distance on Thursday, uh, out of 144. So, uh, Plenty, plenty, plenty of distance, at least on this Thursday, Mark. Exactly. Well, that's the point that I'm trying to make because we can look at this stuff and go, okay, he's there's 24 guys longer than him, but as accurate as what he is, if I put him 310 down every fairway on a 500 yard par four, he's got 190 left. For him, 190 is a jacked up six iron with a firm bounce on the the greens. He is like not Marikawa accurate with irons, but he's accurate enough. And if you get him six irons and less into greens, this boy will wear you out. Remember the President's Cup tournament he had? <laughs> that final hole on Saturday afternoon where Sam Burns has whacked the thing down. has got wedge into the final green and Tom whiffed his tee shot and had two iron in there. Hit the two iron to like six feet. That's who he is. And when you get him in a place where he can, you know, move it out there 315 or so, he'll, he'll, he'll compete with anybody. Did the same thing at uh, the uh, Renaissance Club. Scottish Open, ball gets on the ground running. He, he was fine. He is he, he is plenty long. Uh, I'm going to give producer Josh here a second to get the graphic in order for the the betting favorites. But while while we vamp here for a moment, I, I do want to note uh, Jordan Spieth found that creek on 18 not once but twice today. Mm -hmm. Mark hit it off the hit it off as a tee shot. Hit it off the second shot. It was a triple bogey seven that kind of derailed his round. He was two under standing on 18 T. So he's got some work to do on Friday if he wants to be around for the weekend. Yeah, it was sort of a curious day because I, you know, I, I'd been a believer about Jordan for the last little while. I, I picked him in one and done at the Masters and and I picked him in some of our betting cards to win events and he was sort of contending. He's he is something's up with Jordan because he's hitting the thing long. I mean, when I, I was same thing when I was out there at Hilton head, you know, certain events, you get to spend more time on the range than others. And, and he was talking to me a lot, you know, more chatty than normal prior to the range. And he was flushing the thing and long as well. And, um, he was saying to me, he goes, you know, I just feel more comfortable with my golf swing. He goes, I typically find that, I start off well in events and then the swing sort of regresses. Whereas at Hilton Head, where it was in the playoff, he goes, I got better during the week. Um, and he just spoke about being a little tired there. Um, but but I'm still not concerned. I really am not concerned. Today was just one of those days where you get some difficult yardages, you're in between clubs, you miss one or two shots, you miss a few putts. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm still a believer in where Jordan Spieth is, despite what we saw today. Speaking of one and done, uh, you and I are in the thick of it. You're with you have Justin Thomas at three under. I have Patrick Cantlay at four under. A lot of money yeah. to play this week, Mark. Hey, tell me, yes, I know there is. Um, I'm less concerned with you 
What? <laughs> <than what> I, <laughs> I'm just saying that for you. You know, we're friends. Um, no, I, I let, let's let's make this a thing. Let let's get in way in front of the field, which means that Cameron Young is not going to go very well, and he was not looking very sharp early in the round. What did he finish? He finished at. Because uh, I saw a Cam Young. Even T fifty seven. So he brought it back a little bit. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He made uh, he made two birdies in his last four holes. Here's the um, show me the board, Josh, please. While he's getting that up, I'm going to let you stew a little bit on where you think I'm going to use Cameron Young. Okay, I'll th I will think about that. He it's a pretty tight betting board, according to our friends over at Caesar Sportsbook. Xander Shoffley, the favorite, plus five fifty. He finished at five under. Uh, Rory McIlroy, seven to one, as mentioned, he's three under par. Patrick Cantlay, four under, seven and a half to one. Tommy Ladd currently out in the lead, six under at nine to one, and then everybody else is sixteen to one or longer. So it, it, it's uh, obviously a stacked field. We've got a logjam of scores, and there's not a prohibitive favorite at this point of the event mark i think the favorite is the weather forecast because mm -hmm. if we don't get any rain this place is going to be like a racetrack on sunday afternoon and when you get firm and fast greens around you, it makes targets play narrower a lot of these greens i wouldn't say they're old school drainage they used to be where they perched up and they got these edges like a pinehurst number two where the screen surface may save six thousand square feet it plays like 5,500 because the edges repel balls. With some of the redesign, those have been cleaned up some. But still, if these greens, when they're above you, they bounce out and they go. And if you can't hit the ball high, I don't care about long, just high, you're going to have a tough time holding some of these targets. So with that being said, if the weather, if we get a little rain, I heard there might be a chance of it. I might be lying. Um, um, then I think that might even out the field. But if it stays like I'm expecting it to be, then you look at the high ball headers. You look at McElroy. Um, JT can hit it quite high. Um, I, you, I sort of like the guys who can really elevate those long irons. The I think the forecast that I saw was a chance of rain Friday night into Saturday, I believe. Yeah, is. That, yeah that's what I thought I heard as well because I'm busy packing right now and I'm trying to figure out if I must pack rain gear or not. Yeah, you might want to throw some, uh, some in there. All right, uh, where would you use Cam Young? So I think you're pretty high on Cam Young. I, I think. I think you would want to use him at a big time event where he can lean into his strengths. You wouldn't use him as late as you wouldn't, but you wouldn't use him at the BMW because that'd be too late, right? So you are going to use him at. You're not going to use him at Oak Hill, are you? I think you're going to use him at Oak Hill. Have you used him yet? Stand by. I think you have. I feel like I have. Yeah, because you fired out a whole lot of bullets. <laughs> I, I used him. I used him week one. I used him at the tournament of champions. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the fans. What about the, the fans, fans? The fans. The fans have him available. Okay. And Kyle M. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kyle M. Thing. Kyle M. Has him available. So 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 Greg has used him. Uh, Kyle's used him. I've used him. Patrick has used him. Sia has used him. So it is Mark, Kyle, and the fans who have him available. All right. Kyle well, then I'll let, I'll let them guess. Sounded like Oak Hill to me. He's a he's an he's an upstate New York guy, right? Who? Okay, stop. We've we, <laughs> we, 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 we already um, 
couple of weeks ago, recorded on-camera bits because our producer wanted all the CBS announcers to have our pick to win. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm going with, well, on the CBS show, the I'm other CBS show. I'm inside your brain, Mark. On the other CBS show, I'm going with Cameron Young. Now, this one, I'm, I'm leaning toward him right now. Let me, let me say that. Nice. Golf course, the golf course was narrow. If you if if you look at previous winners there, you had Tim Clark play well. You had Sean McKeel win. Um, these were, were sort of dinkers. You, they'd put the ball in the play and and sort of navigate. But Dottie Pepper tells me it's been opened up. It's been lengthened. I'm like, can you spray the thing off the tee? She goes, yep. And so I'm like, okay, I'm leaning yeah. there. They removed like 200 or 300 trees or something like that and opened it up mm -hmm. quite a bit. Okay, well. There we go. We got a lean from him two weeks early uh, for the PGA Championship. But we still have three rounds of this week at the Wells Fargo to go. We'll be back after rounds uh, two, three, and four to wrap this bad boy up. But for now, big thanks, Producer Josh. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Mark Immelman, available on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.